If you don't have players on the field with the right skills, you're going to have a tough time winning. The same goes for your business. Indeed is a fast, simple way to make sure you're hiring MVPs. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. I am your host, Lazarus Jackson, and uh, I yeah, man, Pistons have the number one pick. Cade Cunningham, in all likelihood, is going to be a Detroit Piston. This is cause for celebration, and so in a tribute to the homie Nicholas Henkel, we have... Uh, that's the first beer I've had in like three months because my life has been hectic, but... Yeah, Cade's a piston. I I honestly can't believe it. You, if you follow me on Twitter, you knew what my expectations were going into this draft. I thought the Pistons would end up at two. Um, I thought that I don't know, just felt it in my gut. Right, they had the same odds as everybody else at getting the number one, the number two, number three pick. Like, didn't it, mathematically, it was like as good as it gets, right? But uh, you know, I had. I had no thought in my mind that like Cade was actually going to be like an option. If you've not, if you've seen my Twitter feed or read my uh, limited draft coverage, again, life has been kind of crazy uh, over the last, since the season ended, you've seen that like I've barely spent any time covering Cade or his game, right? We just take it for granted that Cade's good. I focused a lot on the demarcation between Evan Mobley and Jalen Green. And if the Pistons were to get the second or third pick, like who should they be um, more interested in at that spot? But the Mark Tatum, man, Mark Tatum opened that envelope and erased all doubt. And the Pistons have the number one pick. And now it's it's Killian and Cade. This is a this is an insane thing. Um, Yeah, man. Shout out to uh, the, the guys at Woodward Sports. They had me on their YouTube channel. Um, for some like instant post game reactions, and the thing that I talked about with them that I was just like struck by in the in the moment was that like hey, Pistons are going to be on ESPN a bunch next year, right? Pistons are going to be on TNT, Pistons are going to be on NBA TV. the The eyes of the national media, the eyes of ESPN, will be upon Detroit because they will have like a extremely high profile individual like drafted with the number one overall pick people are legitimately interested in like what Cade has to offer uh, from an entertainment perspective from a basketball perspective from a winning perspective and that's that's going to make Detroit a draw in the way that it hasn't been since the bad boys I mean, like, even the bad boys, like, historically, contextually, right, Detroit was a much bigger city, um, a much bigger media market, 
at the time that the bad boys like you know were were out there winning championships like now detroit is in a much is in a different place obviously like that's a that's a big history lesson if you live in detroit you are living that history lesson but um like yeah the detroit's profile like other midwestern cities um in like in the midwest (laughs) has been has been lowered a little bit by population and so now like the pistons have a dude whose jersey is gonna fly off shelves right the pistons have a dude who when he throws uh, a ridiculous like oop like it's gonna be on sports center the the pistons have a dude that when he (laughs) when he scores 40 to beat oklahoma in overtime like the whole sports world like sits up in their chair and takes note and they haven't had that dude in a very long time i don't have to tell you that you you are you are a pistons fan you are listening to this podcast you know that already <laughs> and i mean like oh i can't i can't oof um yeah the i didn't have a script it was so hard to write a script for an event that you don't know what the end result is gonna be uh Pistons could have picked anywhere from one to six. I, you know, I'm not going to write six scripts and I'm definitely not going to write a script for the sixth overall pick in the draft. Like, are you crazy? Hang on. I got to take another drink of this beer. All right. So, yeah, like, I, you know, this is this is off the cuff. This is off the cuff. I got nothing planned for this. Um. Ooh, I mean, I guess I guess I should talk about Cade as a basketball player. So the the obvious comparison that people have been making uh, NBA player comparison that people have been making for Cade is Luka Doncic. Similar sized guys, like both six eight, uh, with like long but not extremely long arms. Both not dramatically uh, like nuclear athletes in the way that like Jalen Green is for an example. Um, but both able to both mostly on the ball primaries for their respective teams. Um, both dudes known for uh, a passing flair and passing acumen that you don't normally see out of guys who are that tall, which is why they are so special. Um, but when I saw Cade uh, at Oklahoma State, I thought more of like, I, I saw the Luca obviously, but a lot of the time he was forced to do so many things for that Oklahoma State team to have a chance at winning, and because he was so damn good, like it, it worked out most of the time. Um, but I think to start, his role in the NBA might be a little bit different, uh, especially for a team like Detroit that struggled on offense. I think the ask for Cade might be to score. A little bit more than uh, we like initially think. I think the ask for Cade would be to like not have the ball in his hands all the time, but like a lot of the time, but not all of the time. Um, again, because the Pistons have the Pistons have Jeremy Grant, a guy who proved that he could absorb uh, that like a high level of NBA usage uh, without um, without like a drastic drastic drop in efficiency. Um, and they have Killian Hayes, a guy that I think the the front office and the coaching staff still believe in, and a guy who makes the most sense as a, a primary ball handler. And so, like between those three guys, between Jeremy, Cade, and Killian, like you are going to have, um, like you, 
I can see a world in which those guys kind of like split the offensive responsibilities. Like I know Killian struggled. I know Killian um, like wasn't what uh, I personally thought he would be coming into the season. But I still think like even even if he gets the the low portion of uh, of that split, like you you have to split those possessions with him. Otherwise, he's just like not as effective as a player. Um, but like what that means for Cade is that he doesn't have to create everything for everyone all of the time out of the gate. Right. If, uh, like if, if he can, and he, if he, if he can focus on, if he can on, focus on scoring, if he can focus on, uh, making like secondary actions and secondary reads, um, if he can focus on like exploiting the advantages that his other ball handling teammates will open up for him. Like he'll be, he'll be, uh, he'll be an amazing player. And then of course, late in games, he can initiate his own stuff. He can get his own, he can get his own baskets. He can get to the rim. He can get, he can get to, he can get to his shot on step backs. He's very well organized as a shooter. Um, shot, I think over 40% from three this season from Oklahoma state. i like, should have those numbers in front of me, but I don't. Cause again, like zero script. So, <laughs> so yeah, like Cade, Cade, because he's so good, and I've said this before in the podcast, because Cade is so good, he fits in seamlessly to what the Pistons are trying to do. And so it's, uh, <laughs> it is, it is an amazing feeling, man, to have the, to, to know that the, the future of your franchise is in good hands, both, uh, both in regards to Cade Cunningham and in regards to Troy Weaver, Right. Troy Weaver did things the correct way. He restored the Pistons the correct way. Um, he put an emphasis on competitiveness out of the gate, right? Um, not saying like, hey, we're not saying, hey, we're here to lose or, hey, we're here to accumulate assets. He said, hey, like we are here to find talent wherever we can get it. And we are here to try and utilize that talent to win games. Like obviously like these guys are young. Well, he didn't, he didn't say this. I'm saying this, but like, obviously those guys are young and the, the winning is not going to come for them right away, but preparing to win is what will actually help you end up winning games. Um, putting guys in situations from which they can end up winning games is like that. That's what, that's how you end up winning games. Right. And so I think just like Cade is the, culmination of everything the Pistons built last season, right? The culmination of competitiveness of like trying to win games of um, bringing in, bringing in talented players, um, clearing out the brush from what was, uh, what was in the past, uh, what, what was there when, when Troy Weaver got there, like is all worth it now. Right. And I think there are a lot of NBA GMs who would have been, who would have slow played it, right? There are a lot of NBA GMs who would have come in, you know, taken 25, 30 games to evaluate Bruce Brown and Luke Kennard and Christian Wood. Well, maybe not Christian Wood. Christian was an unrestricted free agent. Maybe you just kind of let that guy go. But Troy Weaver had a clarity of vision about what kind of team he wanted to build. And karmically he he was rewarded for uh for establishing that kind of team um obviously there's an element of luck right like if the pistons get the number 
if the Pistons get the number three pick instead of the number one pick, like I'm still excited. I'm not as excited, and I no, I'm not here talking about like karmic justice or whatever. But but yeah, like I, it's it, like I as I as I get older, I think of a lot of the things in the NBA can be better understood if you understand the NBA as a whole is just like a giant workplace, right? Basketball players are coworkers, right? Uh, coaches and front office guys are management, right? So it's like you, <laughs> the, a lot of the issues you've seen between NBA players, the beefs you've seen between NBA players, like that's coworker beef, right? Your, your coworker, um, you know, your coworker emails you late about the project or like doesn't pull, pull their share, right? Like you, you, that makes you angry. You're pissed at the guy. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, hey, add in the element of like twenty thousand fans in the arena, like seeing you be pissed at the guy. It's a little bit different. If I have twenty thousand people are reading your work emails, like, I'm I'm pretty sure there would be like, you know, you you could fill you know news networks with the drama about that as well. And then, like, you know, you think about the different uh, divisions uh, inside of a large company competing for resources. That's management, right? And sales departments fighting for stuff. The marketing departments fighting for stuff. IT is always just like getting stuff. Um, I'm being a general in like broad swaths, so you understand. This is not me like being unhappy with my employer. I love my employer, but like I'm I'm using this to paint a picture so you can understand. Um, and and so like if you think of the NBA as a workplace, and if you think and you think of it more as a workplace and less as entertainment, like a lot of the stuff comes into place. Um, and if you have worked for a bad manager you know the value of good management and it really appears that the Pistons have finally found good management. It really appears like the Pistons have found good management. And now that good management through, you know, the random draw of hiring process has managed to secure like an amazing talent for their workplace. And so now it's really easy to see how you get a super effective, super productive a super desirable workplace to work in, you know, um, if hypothetically you're at a company, the, the sales department is run by people who know what they're doing and has a lot of really talented people. People are going to want to flock to that department, right? People are going to want to work there. Same thing's true in the NBA, man. People are going to see Cade. People are going to see Jeremy. People are going to see Killian. People are going to see Sadiq Bay, And you're going to get guys on the margins who are like, Hey, like, I wasn't really thinking about playing in Detroit, but, like, you know, Detroit seems like a really, seems like a good place to be. We are seeing now um, with the, we are, we are seeing more NBA players, like, openly clamor for uh, African-American faces in, in management positions. I think the, like, I don't, I don't know if they did this intentionally or not. And, like, honestly, I don't really care. But, like, I think Detroit has positioned themselves well to, speak to the players on a deeper level because of the black faces like in their management, in their front office, in their coaching staff. Like Jeremy Grant talked about this openly uh, when he went to James Edwards, the third of the athletic shout out to James, who I know his phone is blowing up right now. Um, then he talked to, he talked to uh, James about this, like when it came down to his free agency decisions, like he really trusted Troy Weaver, a dude he had known since he was in high school in DC and he really liked the idea of a coach who understood his experience as less of a basketball player and more of a human being. 
then um, a coach might not have that same prism, that same lens to like look through. And I think so. Like you, you combine you combine that with again the the obvious talent that this team is going to have, and Detroit is going to be a really desirable place for dudes to play in two to three years, when uh, Blake Griffin's twenty nine million dollar cap hit is uh, is off the cap. <laughs> yeah. Oh my. Oh my goodness, guys. Like I. Whew. All right. Uh, taking taking more beer. Give me a sec. If you don't have players on the field with the right skills, whether it's breakaway speed or elite playmaking ability, you're going to have a tough time winning. The same goes for your business. Indeed is a fast, simple way to make sure you're hiring MVPs. Go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire to claim your $75 credit before March 31st. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements, or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through March 31st. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process. Find great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business. And it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark, because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way from creating product listings to making discount codes to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's no wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. Oh, okay. So, Pistons have the number one overall pick. We assume 
wholeheartedly that Cade Cunningham is going to be a Detroit Piston. Let's talk hypotheticals. Uh, I saw people immediately after the lottery result tweeting out the possibility of the Pistons trading down in order to nab Jalen Green. I don't really know how that would go. Um, who got like I think Cleveland? Cleveland got four, right? Okay, let's hang on. Let's let's go to Tankathon. Let's find let's find the actual uh, let's find the actual thing. Okay, yeah, Cleveland got three. Toronto got four. Houston got two. Right. So, could you trade with Houston down to two to pick up Jalen Green and some stuff? Like, I guess. But like, Houston again just traded James Harden, and so they have a plethora of first round picks to work with. But again, those are going to be Brooklyn's first round picks, and so you know the the quality of those picks is going to be. An open question, especially if Kevin Durant is going to be scorching people as long as like like he was doing in the Eastern Conference semifinals less than a week ago. Uh, Cleveland, Cleveland at three. Uh, I love my Cleveland people. Shout out to Justin Rowan and Carter Rodriguez of the Chase Down podcast. Um, I don't I think they are perfectly happy to stay at the number three overall pick. I don't think they, uh, I like, I think they would be interested in trading up. I don't think they would be interested in what it would cost them. Right. I don't think, uh, like, I, I think they're happy with Jalen green. I don't think they're, they're like looking forward to giving up like Colin Sexton, a future first round pick and some other stuff to make uh Kate Cunningham happen. Um, I think, I think they're like, that's obviously an interesting thing for them. And then like, I don't, I don't think like Detroit's interested in that. And I don't think, I think they're, I think they're happy. They're happy with three. I can tell you for a fact, they're, they're super happy about three. Um, and then Toronto at four. I mean, like, if I was Detroit, I would uh, I would not trade with Masai Ujiri, just like point blank, period. I wouldn't do that. Uh, that dude really knows what he's doing. And so, yeah, like, yeah, it, it, I mean, hypothetically, you can concoct a scenario in which it makes sense from a hypothetical value perspective. You can, you can hear the air quotes in my voice for the Pistons to, to trade down from one. But legitimately, like... The reason the reason you lose 50 games, the reason you finish with the second worst record in the league is so that you can draft a guy like Cade, um, not trade down to try and leverage some other stuff. So you can draft a guy who has, you know, just as much upside, but significantly more downside in a draft that has a really strong top four. Like, like you, you you worked all year to get to this point. Don't make things more complicated and harder than they have to be. Just just draft Cade. Just draft Cade. One thing I will say, the, the that is going to be my philosophy moving forward. It is super nice that we only have to do scouting deep dive on one prospect. Um takes a lot of the drama out of this uh tra or pre draft season. Uh I mean, like last year, there's a little bit more drama because there was not an established like number one overall pick, right? Uh, this season, like, no, we we know who the number one picks overall is going to be, and so we need to drill down and deep dive deep on that guy. Cade is uh, Cade's really good. For okay, so for everybody who, if you don't know who, if we are we are 19 minutes into this podcast, and I'm at the point now where I'm like, if you don't know who Cade Cunningham is, like, if you don't know who Cade Cunningham is. Watch the the Oklahoma game, his highlights from the Oklahoma game where he scored forty, and watch the highlights of him turning the that Baylor team that won the national championship 
into Swiss cheese for like a half of basketball. Just Oklahoma State had no business beating that Baylor team, and, and they managed to do it anyway. Like watch, watch what Kade did to Davion Mitchell, right? A dude who ESPN is pushing as like a top ten pick. I don't know if top five pick. I don't know if that's going to happen. But who is a really good on ball defender uh, at the college level? And Cade made that dude look like Swiss cheese. Um, yeah, man. Like, ooh, it's this is this is going to be amazing. This is going to be really it's going to be really fun to watch. Um, one thing I do hope this means is that the Pistons play faster. I've been uh, I've been on this point for years. Uh, Pistons should play more in transition, gain some easy offense. Um, just do do that, and then worry like later about uh, you know how your how your defense is. Uh, Cade is not Cade doesn't suck on defense. He's a good defender. He's a good team defender. But like, am is Cade like Kawhi Leonard, where I'm gonna like ask him to score thirty like and shut down the other dudes, uh, the other team's best guy? No, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna do that. Um, but do, do I have to hide Cade in a playoff setting like, like a Trey Young who had a lot of success in has, has, has had a lot of success in the playoffs and who I'm not trying to, uh, like demean in this way, but who is like a six, two guard. And that means like he can get hunted in certain matchups in the playoffs. Like, no, Cade six, eight. So I don't have to hide Cade on defense, right? He's six, eight and relatively strong. So and, and smart. So he knows where to be and he can and he can position himself. And so like yeah, he'll he'll be fine on defense. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, man, Cade Cade fits in. He's so good. He fits in seamlessly. Like I can't it it works out perfectly uh for, for the Detroit Pistons. Alright, sip of beer number three. Alright. So I've gotten calls from my college roommate. My stepfather, uh, sorry, I didn't call you back. I got calls from uh, some college buddies. Yeah, man, like, stuff is, uh, things are happening. I think the Pistons are going to be paid more attention to in the next couple of days than they have been in the last, like, five years. It's it's going to be ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, just prepare yourself for that. Honestly, like I, I live in North Carolina, and so like I see a little bit of like what what Charlotte fans go through with Lamelo Ball, and it's a little it's a little weird. People people on the internet are weird. I don't know if you've heard that before, but people on the internet are weird, and so people will be weird about Cade. Don't don't like that's water off a duck's back, right? Like who who cares, man? Like when when Cade's out there vibing and the Pistons are out there winning, like it's it's not going to matter. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I, I've talked about pretty much everything I wanted to talk about. K fits in seamlessly. Troy Weaver did things the right way. I opened a beer. Um, people are going to be hype about the Pistons for the first time in a while. Yeah, this is, oof, this is going to be ridiculous. Digging, like, Kade's a legitimately enjoyable player to watch. Um, like, pull up his YouTube highlights at, you know, Mount Verde in, in Florida in high school as well. Like, those are some awesome highlights. Pull up the the footage against Oklahoma and Baylor, like I mentioned. Um, the I want to shout shout out the the YouTube channel, the Scouting Rapport, as R A P P O R T. They do full scouting breakdowns of guys, so they show you know like misses and turnovers and uh, and blocks and steals and stuff like that. And so, um, and like occasionally they throw in like a defensive miscue or two, which I think is like really useful from a scouting perspective. But um, so like even uh, when you watch Cade amidst all his flaws, 
like the the outlines of just a supremely talented player are absolutely visible. Like you you can go watch Cade's quote unquote like bad games and still be like, this dude is ridiculously talented. He just had a bad night. Like that's gonna happen. Yeah, man. I I can't believe this is happening. Other thing that are interesting uh, now it. I don't know now. I don't now more than ever. Like I don't know if that's the case, but it it made a lot of sense prior to the lottery that the Pistons would um, do a consolidation trade on their three second round picks, turn that into one, uh, you know, mid twenties first round pick slash turn that turn those later seconds into some future seconds since they owe a lot of future seconds because of the Luke Kennard deal. Um, the consolidation trade makes more sense than ever. Now um, there are the, there's a real strength of this draft in like the 17 to 27, 25 range. And so if you can get back in that range, find, um, find another like elite level shooter. I think that would be good for the team. The, um, the Pistons obviously struggled to, to shoot. They only had, you know, they had Wayne Ellington and Frank Jackson as uh, really like the only two uh, like elite level or anything like approaching elite level shooting um, last year for the team. And so I think and with Cade, with Killian, uh, with Jeremy to a lesser extent, because he's not as good a passer, but like he still will need the space. Um, having elite level shooting around those guys is also like another force multiplier, force amplificator. And so you you will want that as well. Um like Corey Kispert, I don't know where Corey Kispert's going to get drafted, but like if Corey Kispert's just like hanging around at 18 and you can turn, uh, what 30, was it 37, 47, is it 37, 42 and 52? I think those are the Pistons second row. Oh, and hang on. I got Tankathon up. I can just, I can go check that. Hold please. It is. Yeah. 37, 42 and 52. Did I get that right? Sweet. Uh, yeah, if you can turn all of the three of those picks into like the 18th pick and pick up Corey Kispert, absolutely do that. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be I'll be looking at free agents later to see who like elite level shooters are. Uh, Reggie Bullock is a dude I've had my eye on. Former Piston had a really good year for the Knicks. Um, really good shooter off DHOs, off movement, and as a spot up guy. If uh, you bring back that guy, I'd be happy. Right on the cheap again because they're not going to have a lot of cap space that okay that's one thing worth mentioning as i ramble on trying to get this podcast the so Cade will make number one pick the cap hold is not like it's not insignificant it's like uh he's gonna make like a 10 11 million dollars coming out of the gate um and that will take up a large i think that i think that turns the pistons from combined with all the players they still have um well no okay that that eats away a good number of the cap space that potentially the Pistons could have, right? You've got Dennis Smith Jr.'s qualifying offer, which not sure if that's going to happen or not, but keep just keeping that in mind. That's a pretty big number. That's like nine million. Um, you got Corey Joseph's non guaranteed money um, on the books. Like with both of those combined, you're basically like seven million dollars away from the from the salary uh, the salary cap, not the luxury tax, the salary cap. Um, do something about both of those guys. You have more space. Cade makes 10, 11 million. You have a little bit of space to, to make moves in the free agency market. 
but like next year, not not 21-22, 22-23 when Blake's cap hold is off the books and all you have is Jeremy Grant's contract, Mason Plumlee's contract, and a bunch of rookie deals. Like that's when you that's when the Pistons will be able to get really aggressive, right? Uh, Killian, Sadiq, and Isaiah will be in year three. Cade will be in year two. And they can add, like, Jeremy will be on the final year of his deal. You can extend Jeremy at that number. That's a good number for Jeremy. You can bring in, um, you can bring in, you'll have the cap space to bring in some talented people. And, again, people are going to want to come play with Cade and Killian and Jeremy. And so, like, you can have more options in free agency than the Pistons have classically had. And so, like, yeah, again, you can you can turn this thing into a legit thing, like, relatively quickly. Um, and I think that was... That was always kind of the plan in Detroit, right? Uh, Troy Weaver does not strike me as a dude who was going to be happy, you know, losing 60 games for two more years in order to get some more half, half, high draft picks. So, yeah. Ooh. Okay. Uh, swig number four of the beer. All right. Uh, we're going to close this thing out. But first, I want to shout out everybody on Pistons Twitter, right? I want to shout out Duncan Smith. I want to shout out Sean Core. I want to shout out Kuka Hill. I want to shout out Nicholas Henkel. I want to shout out James Edwards. I want to shout out the Woodward Sports guys. I want to shout out um I want to shout out Pistons Talk. I want to shout out Jordan. I want to shout out um Eli. I want to shout out Hal. Right? Like these <laughs> these are this is like the community that I want to shout out Matt Shook. Matt Shook uh gone but not forgotten. Love you Matt. Uh, these are the people who make the Pistons community kind of what it is. And there's going to be a lot more <laughs> There's gonna because Cade's coming. There's going to be a lot more people added to the Pistons community in the not too distant future. Um, and so there's no like I don't don't gatekeep or whatever, but just like we, we've been through the muck. We've been through the muck. Remember what the muck was like. Don't don't get like, you know, don't get too full of yourselves. Um, I say that to myself as well. Right. Um second part like shout out to shout out to james shout out to omari shout out to rod like they're those guys jobs just got a lot more interesting i will say uh like again with more with more national attention comes more national attention right we're i don't know if we're gonna see a like heedles slash brooklyn-esque you know espn midwestern beat person in Detroit that remains a distinct possibility Eric Woodyard uh was kind of doing that a little bit last season but like he obviously was like a pretty focused on like what was happening in Milwaukee because Milwaukee's really good um and he you know doing his Lions coverage right now shout out to Eric so like you know I don't know who that person is going to be could be like I don't know like Malika Andrews was doing like Brooklyn coverage for uh a little bit right like it could be it could be somebody like that but like you you're, you're gonna get like you, you got kind of a Lamella watch person for for ESPN. You're gonna get like a Cade watch person for ESPN uh, in the not too distant future in Detroit. It's so like that's that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna be interesting. We we shall see how that goes. Um, yeah. And uh, last but not least, shout out to Troy Weaver again. Just like it is so much easier to live and work under good management and i thank god every day i mean like that you know what i mean right like i i remain continuously appreciative of 
the impact that Troy Weaver has had on the Detroit Pistons and the major, major impact that that has on my life, as, as sad as that is. So yeah, that's me uh, rambling about the Pistons fulfilling a dream and uh, getting the number one overall pick in the 2021 NBA draft. I got to call back some people and explain why I didn't pick up the phone. Uh, this has been the Pistons versus Everybody podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Last Chance. That's at L-A-Z-C-H-A-N-C-E. Thank you for listening. And <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll talk to you guys sometime in the future. We got Cade. We got Cade. <laughs>